Praise God. So it's a, it's a blessing to have our brother Mike back with us today. Mike Royal. Um, I was going to make a, a guess at what your, your, your job title is in relation to TLG. Is it chairman? Or, but maybe I ought not to guess. You can tell us in a minute. Um, Mike is a, a, a friend and, and extended family um, to us here at um, Ecclesia slash TLG Lewisham. And um, it's a blessing to have him with us sharing today. Thank you, Mike, for coming back. Thank you. Praise God. Now, Mike, um, how are you, first of all? How have you been since we last saw you, for those of you who were here? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing well. Since, um, since I last saw you, I had a really important birthday that happens, the big 5 0 uh -huh. that's happened. Bro, you, you're looking <laughs> well for it. Praise God. We thank do give you. Thanks, thanks thank for you. your I'll, life. I'll pay you later. Amen, amen. <laughs> and um, and how and how's family life as you've hit big, the big five zero? Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 really cool. Uh, myself and uh, my wife Vivian, um, uh, and extended family as well. We spend some time here, and we also spend quite a lot of time in Ghana. Uh, my wife is Ghanaian origin, and so that helps me to connect also with my African roots. Hence. Bro, you, bro, <laughs> I'm, um, the family here will know that I'm always looking for the hookups. Yeah, yeah. So you need to introduce me to your tailor. It's, it's okay. Next time I'll bring you something. Hey, man, I think we're about the same size maybe as we well. Are. So yeah, that yeah, just yeah. keeps it simple. Yeah, it works well. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't have it. Oh, you know. That, <laughs> that was going to be my next match. Shall we do a swap? You know, like the, the footballers, shirt swaps. Okay. And um, I know that you wear many hats in terms of just... Your, your, the roles in which you're serving the body of Christ um, just in life. Um, can you highlight a few of the things that you find yourself yeah. committed to? No, thank you, um, Pastor Ephraim. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I'm actually a church leader. Um, and um, I have been for 25 years. Yeah. And we've just planted um, a, a new church that was based in Coventry. Um, but now we've kind of sell um, group or small group based it right across the West Midlands, so that's Coventry, Birmingham, West Midlands. Mm -hmm. um, I am I am co-leader of uh, a charity called uh, Cinema Network, which helps churches with their community engagement, which is uh, great. Um, and I'm I'm national pioneer um, of TLG, so I'm one of the founding trustees of TLG, and um, kind of was national director for 11 years, and kind of like all the schools around the country. Um, I was kind of um, working with the team in launching um, that. So um, it is just a great honour to come, you know, to great kind of TLG education centres where I know you're doing amazing work in the community um, and just inspire you to press, keep pressing into what you're already doing. So um, that's a bit about me. I could say more, but that's Amen. enough. And, you know, from our point of view as a local church, partnering with TLG to deliver education meeting local needs, it is constantly a tremendous encouragement to us that the vision for the education centers and all of the work is for it to make connections and impact in communities, yeah. giving opportunity for the gospel. Yeah. And um, you know, we've experienced the reality of that gospel focus and values in, inherent in what we do. And um, you know, even you being here to come and share with us today, we see as an extension of that. So we're, we're grateful. Um, can I pray for you as you Please. get ready to share? Thank you so much. 
Lord, I thank you so much for Mike, for him being here today. I thank you for the way in which mm. you're using him as a, as a leader you. in the West Midlands um, and across the nation, Lord, um, in various ways, blessing the work of the body. Mm. Um, Lord, we know that he brings a great deal of experience and insight um, in, in terms of what you're doing around the country and um, what you could be doing even more so through your people. And so, Lord, we just um, have open hearts and minds to hear from you today for our brother. We pray that you would um, touch his lips, Lord, that he would speak um, just your words um, with, with your power um, for the glory of your name. And we ask this in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Pastor Ephraim, Pastor Robert, thank you so much for your welcome. And to, to everyone um, else here as well. I, I live in Birmingham, but as you can hear from my accent, I'm definitely a South Londoner. Uh, I, was, I was born and brought up in Croydon, um, and so uh, it's nice to be back home. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, just a little bit about myself, um, it's just already um, been said. I've um, been on the journey with TLG now for 20 years. We're in our 20th year. We were set up in 1998. I still remember walking into the solicitors um, and purchasing our first building. I still remember that scary moment where we borrowed about 100,000 and we thought, oh my goodness, what are we going to do now? And um, since then, God has blessed us incredibly. And no, no more um, so than here um, in London, here um, in Lewisham. Um, this is one of our strongest centres. Um, our strongest centres are actually uh, two strong centres here in London and two strong centres as well in Birmingham. And we are really excited about what God is doing um, here in Lewisham. I want to begin by reading Matthew chapter 18 and verse 1 to 6 and 10 to 14. And I'm going to read from the NIV and it might come up actually um, on the screen. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Verse 10. See that you do not look down on these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep, and if one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that has wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will be happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any one of these little ones should be lost. I absolutely love this portion of scripture um, because whatever else we want to read about 
read into those verses. Essentially, this is a call to children's ministry. It is a call to bring children to the heart of the local church. I've been and I go all over the country and I preach at churches and I always love to see children running around. And, you know, some people get annoyed with children. They say, oh, we're making too much noise. Not me. I think that children is a healthy sign that the church is alive and the church has got a future. And I have been in churches where there are no children. And 10, 20 years later, that church is closed. And TLG has always been about bringing children to the heart of the local church. For those who don't know, our story starts in, in a Bradford, um, where we were working with kids kind of um, on Friday, on Saturday night, and we'd kind of set up this kind of burger joint kind of in the church, and they'd come and eat their burgers and chips on a Saturday night. And Sunday night, they'd be throwing stones at the church window. And on Monday morning, everyone thought, ah, they're going to school except lots of them weren't going to school. Lots of them had disengaged with their education and some had been excluded. And there was no blueprint, there was no manual of how you do alternative provision. Just the guys just rolled up their sleeves and began to work with these um, young people. And um, as they began to do that, they began to learn more about what good provision looked like. And the city council at the time, that actually was in meltdown, um, were in special measures. They got wind of what we were doing and they began to say, listen, we'd love to send you more kids. One of the young people that we were working with was a guy called Terry. He was typical of the children we were working with by lunch, by Break time, actually, he usually got into trouble and between break time and lunchtime was usually sent home. And just what happened with, with him and kids like that is, is that they got more and more disengaged in their education. Um, and um, so we began kind of delivering alternative education in Bradford. By about 2004, we'd become the foremost alternative education provider in, in Bradford, and we began to ask ourselves, what would it look like if we began to take it to other city? We know that this is an issue not just in Bradford, but it was an issue in London, in Birmingham, in Manchester. And so we began to kind of work in, in, in those cities. First stop was, was, was Birmingham, and then London, then Manchester, then Nottingham, then Reading, and one by one, we began to, to plant in partnership with local churches these alternative provision centers that could work with young people who were not thriving in mainstream education. By the way, my feeling about this whole thing of alternative education is this, is, is that actually it's not the children who have failed. It's the system that has failed the children. And I want to kind of say that here and now straight away. Oftentimes we say, well, the children are feral and they're this and they're that. No, they're not. They're children and they're vulnerable and they need to look after. And as a society and as a church, God has called us to make a difference. Got to about 2010 in our journey and, and uh, a lady called Rachel Morfin, um, she was married to our chief exec and she began to bang the drum. She said, why are you waiting until the children are 12, 13 years old? 
we know that they're falling through the cracks kind of um, as, 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 as um, young children, eight, nine, ten. And so what we did is began to form something called Early Intervention. We brought a group of people together, did some thinking around it, and we launched Early Intervention. Today we've got over 100 um, early intervention centres around the country that are working with sometimes one, two or three schools in their local area. God, God is good. God is amazing that, that the church has recognised actually it's not just about building schools in the 1800s, which the church did really well. It's not just about d delivering um, uh, you know, social services like the Salvation Army did in the 1890s and in the 1900s. But here in 2018, the church can step up to the plate and make a difference when governments and local authorities are failing or lacking in resources. And I'm so excited about this ongoing journey. So as we look at this scripture, there's just three quick points I want to kind of raise with you. I'm not a long speaker. I will not keep you for long. But hopefully what I say will really touch your heart. Firstly, when we look at verse 5, Jesus welcomes the children. Really simple thing. But the thing as I read this scripture that comes to me is this, is that children should be at the heart of our church. They're not an appendage. They're not the thing that we do as an add-on. It's not something we do to, to babysit them or to make sure they make, don't make too much noise. We are raising the future generation. And I know that you understand that as a church. And I'm just encouraging you this morning to press into that and to keep pressing into that. And for me, I believe that being a Jesus-centered church is synonymous with being a child-centered church. In fact, I suggest to you that if you're not child-centered, then it's really difficult to be Jesus-centered, especially when you read Matthew 18, because Jesus brings a child right in amongst his disciples and said, you need to be like this. And so if we have not got in our churches children that we can learn from and learn their simplicity of faith from, then actually we're missing a big trick and we're missing the image of God which is in their lives and on their faces because they are children of God. African Proverbs said it takes a village to raise a child. So all of us that are involved in raising children. Sometimes we're called to be surrogate parents, not just parents of our own um, um, uh, uh, blood children, but parents of, of other children in the community that are needing support, that are needing help at particular times of their lives. Children at the heart of the local church. One of the things I've found as I've gone around and and, 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 and spoken at lots of churches and worked with lots of churches is this, is, is that when you do children's work in a church, it's like it brings a life to a church that nothing else can bring. I remember when we were establishing a, a centre in, um, in the south of Birmingham in a place called Yardley Wood with a Baptist church. And this Baptist church, and I, I'm sure the guys wouldn't mind me saying it, it was one of those where in the next five years, it was kind of touch and go whether the church would really be around or not. And they took a huge step. 
they decided with very little youth group that they were going to establish a TLG center. And I saw God renew that church and bring life and energy to that church. And that center is still running, which is so exciting. Children at the heart of the local church. Secondly, what if children stumble? Well, the Bible says here, if children stumble, we are called to support them. What does Jesus say? He says this. He says, but if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large stone hang around his neck than to be thrown into the sea. We live in a society that causes children to stumble and fall. The pressure that young people are under today is nothing compared to, to, to when, when I was a child. It is just so, so much more pressure. For a start, they've got a mobile phone. They've got access to the world in a way that when I was growing up, that just wasn't the case. And, and so actually, there is so much out there for this causing them to stumble. And I think it's really important that as a church, we are providing some kind of moral compass for young people. A sense of what is right and what is wrong. A sense of the fact that not everything is grey, that there is stuff that you need to do and there's stuff that you shouldn't be doing. And I think it's really important that the church provides that um, compass for young people. I'm really excited. I was just meeting and talking to um, Helen earlier, and she was telling me a little bit about the family support work that you're doing here um, at Ecclesia um, with the parents of the children who come to the TLG Centre. I'm really excited about that work, and I know the staff um, uh, uh, that work really, really hard kind of with them during the school day, but to know that at the end of the school day that actually the family is going to be supported is really important part of the whole thing and I thank God for 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 Zainab who is here um who who I hope she doesn't mind me saying this is a product um of of the church getting alongside a young person and to see her flourishing um as a teacher um, um, an outstanding teacher, may I add, um, in this community, um, just blesses our heart. Yeah, come on. Because you see, it's, it's the doing of the Lord, and it's marvelous in our eyes. God has called the church to get closer to our local schools. And if the church is not influencing the local school, I tell you what, someone else will be influencing. If the church isn't influencing our young people, guess what? Someone else will be influencing our young people. I think when a young person comes to a TLG center, there is this incredible opportunity. It might be just for a term. It might be for two terms. It might be for a year. It might be younger. But there is this moment that we've got to really influence them and also support the parents. Parents are under so much pressure these days. And, and oftentimes people want to have a go at parents, but it's not easy being a parent 
in 2018. Parents need all the support they can get. And that's why I thank God that you're taking uh, um, uh, uh, family support really seriously in this church. If young people stumble, we are called to support them. Finally, if they lose their way, we're called to find them. Very interesting that here Jesus speaks of the story of the 99 sheep. And the 100 sheep, 99 were fine, but one went astray. And he speaks of this shepherd going in search of the one. And he says that when he finds that one, he's more happy than the 99 who have stayed in the field. And I want to say this morning that every child matters. And I know that we just kind of, that became a little bit of a statement and local authorities were using it. Every child matters, every child matters, every child matters. But you know what? Every child really, really matters. And so when I hear the statistic that 318,000 fixed term exclusions were given out to children and young people in the UK last year. I don't know about you, but when I saw that statistic, I did not sleep well that night. I thought, wow, our job is far from done. We've got so much more work to do. You know, oftentimes in the church, we focus on, on personal sin, but sin comes in many forms. And sin is sometimes in our system. It's in our loan shark industry system. But let me tell you something, it can be in our education system as well. And I think there is something sinful about a system that manages to give fixed-term exclusions 318,000 times in a year. Are we serious about our children? I posted on my Facebook page a really interesting article written by The Guardian yesterday. And, it was, um, and I posted it and I just said, look, you know, when children get excluded, they don't go up to their bedrooms and play um, on the PlayStation. They're out on the street. They get into negative peer, peer groups. Sometimes they end up being taken advantage of by um, drug uh, um, cartels. And you get some of the stuff like the county line stuff that's happening where you've literally get, got young people in our big cities who are controlling the drug supply out to the province towns in Surrey, in, in Berkshire, in Essex, in Hertfordshire. Um, and the same is happening in Birmingham. The same is happening in Manchester. Uh, and what has actually been happening is that recreational drug use that happens out in, in leafy Surrey is causing mayhem on our streets in London. Friends, did you hear me? We've all got a responsibility. And it's not good enough for people who work in the city of London, who earn a packet of money, to then go back to their homes at weekend, um, take recreational drugs, and allow young people to supply them their drugs and cause mayhem on our streets in our inner city. You need to understand that is what's going on. And I'm glad to say um, that the police commissioner has called it out 
and others are calling it out and we need to call it out, but we need to be about our father's business. If young people lose their way, we need to be there to find them in Jesus' name. What I love about the gospel is, is that it's all about a second chance. John 3:17 says this, God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. A young person that is excluded from school has a second chance with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe their school won't give them a second chance, but the gospel of Jesus Christ gives them a second chance. And I know that many of you are sitting here this morning because Jesus gave you a second chance. I want to tell you this morning that I am standing before you because Jesus gave me a second chance. And I want to pass on that good news to others who are coming through. I want to create more stories of hope and stories where children and young people have a future. And so what am I saying to you this morning? Well, I'm saying to you this, keep doing what you're doing. I'm saying to you, press into what you're doing even more. I'm saying, extend the borders of your tent. I'm saying, lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes because God has more for you. You are a a, a vibrant church and a growing church, but in amongst the need, actually, we're just a tiny beacon in amongst lots and lots of darkness, and yet... Our light, our light can dispel the darkness in our community. Keep doing what you are doing. And so just at the end of what I've got to say this morning, I really want to challenge you to do one of a few things. Firstly, you might be here this morning and you might be saying, well, you know what, I can't do anything. I've got too much to do and I'm working, you know, nine o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock at night. And, and, you know, I understand all of that. And I understand that many of us really work hard. But the one thing we can all do is pray. I want to ask you to pray for the staff team here that work from Monday to Friday with the children. I want you to pray for the family support work that goes on. I want you to pray for the after school work that this team here is engaged in. And, and if you don't know what's going on, then, then ask Zainab, ask Helen, ask the staff team. And they can tell you, and they can give you specific children. Perhaps they can't give you their name, but they can give you a pseudonym name and say, pray for this child so that they might have a hope and a future. Secondly, maybe you're here and you think, I would love to get involved. And um, if you'd like to become a volunteer in the center, then again, please see one of the staff. But what I want to say to you this morning is this. I, I'm amazed at what you're doing here, but I actually want to ask you just to sow perhaps or think about sowing into something a little bit larger. One of the things that I said earlier was this, is, is that we can't keep waiting until children are teenagers. We need to get in early. And those 100 and eight, I think it was, I was at a trustees meeting last week, 108 centres have been planted because people like you, Christians like you, give 
maybe three pounds a month, maybe five pounds a month, maybe eight pounds a month, maybe ten pounds a month. But just give a little bit each month. And that has enabled us to then open centres around the country and meet the need, particularly in primary schools. Any primary school teacher will tell you they have a stack of children with needs, but they've got no funding to meet them. And so this morning I want to challenge and ask you to think about perhaps becoming a regular giver. And, and on your chair you'll see, you'll see this um, leaflet. Do you want to just pick it up? And um, just to say, firstly, if you just want to stay in touch with us, just fill out the middle bit, staying in touch with TLG. That's kind of there in the green. And you can fill that out and we'll mail you out um, a newsletter um, once, um, once every four months, so once a quarter. But if you'd like to give something, and it gives you an opportunity, maybe £8 a month or whatever, or, or an amount that you can choose yourself, then I would invite you, if you can, to become a hope giver. And, um, and what we'd like to do is, is that if you're able to do that today, then I'd love to give you this book called Out of the Ordinary, which is really the story of TLG and our journey. And um, it's a great and inspiring story, and we'd love you to take um, that away as a read. I've got a few. I'm going to be over just by that speaker there at the end, and we'd love you um, if you were able to become a regular giver and join us in this journey, along with your local church, in meeting the needs of some of the neediest children in our communities. Thank you so much for listening. I'm just going to pray and then I will leave you to think about whether you can give or not. Let's just pray, shall we? Father, thank you for your presence with us this morning. Thank you for the freedom and the opportunity we have to come together and to worship you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for its ministry in this community. I thank you that it's a relevant church that is speaking into culture in 2018. And I pray, God, that every person in this place would be full and overflowing with the Spirit of God. Lord, fill us up and send us out in the power of your name, in Jesus' name, that we might be salt and light in our community. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening. God bless you all. Thank you. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.